Are you ready for the good morning, Gallahorn? Yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's shoddy all the way down the line. You ain't kidding. It's been a relatively quiet two weeks up until today, and we will get into that. But we hope you all have been doing extremely well. We want to give you a big thanks for the wonderful viewership of our last episode. We neared a thousand views. Damn. I know. <laughs> that is so cool. Now, glad, glad we got big families, huh? That's right. <laughs> Speaking of which, Drew, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. All caught up on my rookie Viking breakdowns and just waiting for 100 days or whatever so we can kick this thing off. Light this candle, as Ted Glover would say. Well, you have given us impressions of all 12 of them. Yeah, it's been a lot of work, but I've really enjoyed Learned a lot about these guys. I have a good, pretty good idea on, uh, at least my idea, on who's going to be here and who's not. And, you know, it gives you an idea of who's who's going to be doing what at camp, and it's been a good learning experience. I didn't know about the back half seven, so. Well, speaking of which, how in the world did you find YouTube video of the young, soon-to-be lieutenant cutting at a long snapper camp? <laughs> I can find video on anybody. My wife's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I got connections. No, that was pretty cool. I, you know, when I saw that, and I was going to share it, I go, you know who's going to like this? Dave's going to like this. Oh, I loved it. It was great. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. He's probably got the longest shot of everybody, doesn't he? I mean, you guys know more than about that, if the commitment thing, whether he's going to play or not. But, <clears throat> you know, if they get drafted, I got to do a write-up on them. So. Well, hopefully they're working to get so he can serve probably in the reserves and play football and then serve his active duty commitment afterwards. We'll find out. It's still up in the air. Yeah, we had uh, – I didn't know until today we had the most draft picks of any team in the NFL this year. Yes. So, <clears throat> we'll have to see how that pans out. But And did you know that that's the second most since they went to the seven-round format? Oh, no, I did not know that. It's good the knowledge. most was pick it, picked in one year was 13. Do you guys also know that uh, the Minnesota Vikings will also have the most – Draft picks that won't make the team because they were all six and seventh round guys. <laughs> You're giving that the buzz of the day, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, there's Ted Glover. Ted Glover, what up, dog? How you doing, buddy? Doing good, fellas. What what is late night? And we're we're in the grandpa edition of of whatever our show is now, and like it is nine thirty at night Central Time, or as I refer to it as God's time. <laughs> we're doing this so late that's okay i'm fired up you're used to it you've been up watching hockey with me with the sharks and blues so you're kind of used yeah to it i did yeah i i uh good series so far what a series that's turned into be it's going to be a yeah. great one man yeah i'd like to announce besides the blues and sharks 
is that we have a special guest joining us tonight and should be with us shortly. We do. We From the do. Blues, blues of the Sharks? Oh, no. Vladimir Tarasenko? Tarasenko's going to be on? Wow. Now, God, I like I like guests. I like guests. How many Fighting <clears throat> Sioux former players play for either the Blues or the Sharks? That would be zero on San Jose's end. I'll be honest with you. I, I am not nearly the hockey fan. I used to be, and and I, I, I living in St. Louis. Here's here's my here's my quick hockey story. I grew up a huge Minnesota North Stars fan, huge, probably right at as big a North Stars fan as I was a Vikings fan when I was a kid. With Neil Broughton, Neil Broughton, Dino Cicerelli, Bobby <laughs> yeah. Smith, there we yeah, Jill Malosh, you betcha. Um, uh, when when the North Stars moved to Dallas. I was done with hockey. I was done. I didn't follow hockey from the second they moved uh, until I moved to St. Louis. And I had a hard time kind of warming up to the Blues because back in the day, the Blues and the North Stars were huge rivals in the old uh, Con Smythe Conference uh, Norris Division. Oh, that's beautiful. The old oh, Black Blackhawks, Blues, North Stars. That's why, that's why the Norris oh, that was, became oh. the Norris, Norris yeah. for the Vikings. Yeah. Really? That's that's where it came from, the Norris division. And I, I just I hated the blues. I hated the blues. <laughs> and Saturday night during game one, we went over to some friend's house. Um and, and Drew, you might I don't Dave, I don't know if you remember this name. I don't know how much of a hockey fan you were. But but back in the nineteen eighties, the blues had a goalie named Mike Liute. Um, Did not remember him. And and I hated that guy. I just hated him. Because <laughs> she just stonewalled the North Stars every time they played, whether it's Minnesota or at the old Checker Dome in St. Louis. He just stonewalled him, and a buddy of mine uh, is uh, brother-in-law with with Mike Liut. So, mm -hmm. no matter of fact, yeah, Le Le I guess Liut's a very successful uh, agent, player agent now, um, and he is the agent for, I think Bennington, the Blues goalie. I think, that but anyway, the, so yeah, the kid that Bennington was on the other yesterday. That's what won the game for him. Yeah, so. I thought the, the Sharks kind of controlled that whole game, except Bennington was the difference. I think he played well. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's a good still, story. That's a good connection right there. Still trying to get back into hockey and I have a hard time cheering for the blue note, but you know, well, after, after my sharks beat the abs and you guys had already wrapped up your series, uh, you had already earned the bid to the Western conference final. I thought to myself, you know what? The blues and sharks have never had won the Stanley cup. So one of us is going to play for it. Yeah. So that's pretty that's cool. Pretty, that is pretty cool. So whatever happens in this series, I can carry my fanship right over, so it'll be. Kind hey, of cool. maybe that means the same thing for the Vikings and some other team on no, the AFC. No, the Vikings are never going to win it. There, there's no correlation. There's absolutely no correlation to that. Zero. No, none, no. not not Zero. at all. Zero. Although I would argue the St. Louis Blues are the Minnesota Vikings of the NHL, though. Really yeah, good what are they? Yeah, fifty years. Never 50 won years. at all. Yeah, never won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Hey, I see that our guest has joined us. Hey, there's our guest. Hey. I guess. <laughs> and for all who do not know, this, this is Mr. Luke Ron, formerly of Pocket Protectors, now of Locked On Vikings, your daily, at least four days a week, that is, Vikings podcast. The kid you cheated on in math class <laughs> who loves to talk Vikings daily. Luke, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be what on up? this show. 
They're, they're not. Bro? They're not booing. They're saying Lou. <laughs> How are you, man? I've never been popular enough to get a Lou chance. <laughs> cool. Quiet whispers is at best. <laughs> <laughs> well, originally when I talked to Luke and booked him. We were going to talk about all the different ways the Vikings could come about cap space so as to sign our number one draftee, Garrett Bradbury. Well, today, today being Tuesday, May 14th, as we record, the good news came out of Egan, the Vikings signed Garrett Bradbury. And within the next few minutes after the announcement, everybody was asking, where'd the money come from? Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I was taught at a very young age by my uncle. Never ask where the money comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Never ask that question. Just sit back and be quiet. Well, we did find out a little bit later that Eric Kendricks literally took one for the team. And they reworked his contract so about half of it went to immediate bonus okay paid 2.1 million today or something like that i don't mean it well i i kind of do mean to interject here but i don't mean to interject interject like, interject let's go here, here's the deal if taking one for the team means i'm getting 2.1 million dollars deposited in my bank today by close of business where do I sign up to take one for the team? Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> How is that a bad deal? I mean, the more I think about this, I, I, I never really thought about contracts and converting salary to roster bonus. I mean, un unless unless you go through money faster than Charlie Sheen in a room full of hookers and cocaine, <laughs> why wouldn't you want all your money up front, man? I mean, seriously. Okay, okay well, on that note, I guess you're putting it over to me. I got to take over. <laughs> our, our, resident our resident cocaine expert. I will just add this. When, when I was growing up, all the way up till whenever, whenever I had to take one for the team, I never got any money for it. <laughs> all right? No, I, I, that's, that's all I have to Are we talking like fire or something else? What? Go ahead. What? Are we talking like Fire Festival take one for the team or something else? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take one for the team, Drew. All right, all right, I'll take one. No, I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I know what Ted's saying. I get what you're saying. It's yeah, yeah, $2 million. That's tough to take one for the team, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, Luke, yeah. can you explain to us exactly what happened? Yeah. So to make the room to sign Garrett Bradbury. They converted, I think it was like $2.15 a bunch of his salary for the 2018 season into a signing bonus. So what a signing bonus does is that is money direct deposited into Eric Hendricks' bank today. You can go cash it, buy a yacht, whatever. And in terms of the salary cap, the burden of that $2.15 is now spread over all of the years of Eric Hendricks' contract. So from this year all the way through 2023, they'll be paying, like I think it's like 375 k on the cap or something each and every year. And that is fully guaranteed. Even if the Vikings trade Eric Kendricks and somebody else takes on his contract, that money, signing bonus money, is still on the Vikings' books because we literally paid it to him and it's already changed hands. And in the bargaining agreement, this is why the whole take one for the team thing is so funny, in the bargaining agreement, uh... You can't say no to that deal. If, if a team wants to convert your salary to signing bonus, 
you have to say yes to it. Otherwise, it's actually a breach of your contract. And like, why would a player ever say no, right? You're just getting right. a bunch of, you're, you're getting a huge pay advance. Who would say no to that? But if anybody ever wanted to, for whatever reason, that's actually a breach of contract. So Eric Kendricks just had a good day and then got to play baseball with the Twins. I, I'd say he's doing fine. I, hey, Luke, I have a question for you. So um, is it mandatory that a signing bonus is, is prorated throughout the life of the contract? Or if the Vikings had enough cap space um, to fit it under their cap this year, could, if, could they have converted, like, say they had $9 million in cap space and, and wanted to free up some more? Could they have taken that, given him a bonus, and then just sort of – or prorated it through over two years the, the life of the contract? Could, could I they... think it has to be the life of the contract, but okay. don't quote me on that. Okay. Yeah, you got a lot of knowledge. What the hell are you doing on this show? <laughs> right? <laughs> how do they how do they go about finding the guy to they're gonna restructure? They start, hey, Spielman, get in here, grab a phone book, and they start calling, hey, you want to restructure? You want to restructure? How do they go about finding that Kendricks was the guy? Just they get Probably with Br- whoever has the longest contract, because then the, the burden gets split split up over the most years. You know, if they did that, if they converted like Kyle Rudolph's contract to signing bonus, it wouldn't change anything on the cap. You just get his money sooner. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. That's what, what's going to happen with Rudy. I don't mean to take over the show questioning, but that's kind of what we're leading to. Right. Uh, I mean, so Dave, I it's gotta be Dave's next question. He's, he's gotta be less likely to get traded now. Right. Because they don't need to clear any cap space. Now they have like 620 K they've got to sign their practice squad guys and stuff. And maybe they have to move a little bit of money around here and there to do that. But I don't think they have to clear up seven and a half million. Like, they don't have to really worry about Kyle Rudolph's contract in that sense. So right. it's really a mat, And they've been on the phone with guys for three or four months. So I think everybody's offer is basically what it's going to be. And the Vikings have said no to all of them. So I, I don't think at this moment any of the other 31 teams are willing to offer enough to the Vikings for Kyle Rudolph for them to pull the trigger on the deal. But, hey, somebody's tight end gets injured in camp. Things might change. Maybe that happens. But I think Kyle Rudolph is, get, is coming into Vikings training camp. You know, I, I had something, I was looking at it earlier, I was talking to somebody, and there you know, a lot of Viking fans are, always get to the, what, $7.5 is what he's going to be making, and a lot mm-hmm. of people have their own opinions about that, and the general sense is, ah, oh, it's a lot of money. And then I look at the tight ends in the league, and a guy like Trey Burton is making $8 million. Now, oh my God, I, forgot about I mean, is Trey Burton better than Kyle Rudolph? I mean... I don't, is 7 million, is it really that astronomical? Does he really, is he, to me, it seems like he's getting paid right what he should be getting paid, Luke. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think his contract is fair. I wouldn't extend him at market rate because he'd be on the wrong side of 30 and I'm kind of a hater. I I don't think that he's a top 10 tight end. Um, That's understandable. But for seven and a half million, yeah, I think that's a, that's a square deal. Probably, probably an under, I don't know what the rest of the tight end contracts are, but yeah, no, I, I think. The fact that the Vikings are paying their guy less than the Bears are paying their guy is probably good for the Vikings. Well, from what I've heard today and read, most people, and not PFF, but most people do think if you racked and stacked him on his ability against the other 31 starting tight ends, he would be basically about number 10, number 8, 9, or 10 as – tight ends. He doesn't get paid that much. And one of the reasons why we didn't hear of a trade or him restructuring is he was like, mm, no, you're not going to, the Vikings theoretically aren't going to give him guaranteed more years. So he had no reason to, 
And so he's going to say, no, I'll play out this last season and I'll move on or you'll trade me and I'll move on. And I will probably get a bigger payday in the next contract, which is probably true, especially with the way prices are going up and people are being overvalued. You, you're going to pay a 32-year-old dude no, I don't $8 think so. million dollars next year? I, think he's, I wouldn't. I think he's there in for a rude awakening money-wise. That would. Some John Gruden crazy person might do that. Yeah. <laughs> the Vikings well, probably yeah. won't, but yeah. if I'm Kyle Rudolph, I, I want to take my chances on the market. Because especially if you get two teams that are interested in you and you can start bidding them against each other, harder to do that in an extension negotiation. If I'm Kyle Rudolph, I want to hit the market. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Now, I think we I think we got to have him for this season, though. I think it's imperative. I mean, if we lose him, I don't think Irv Smith Jr. is ready to start week one. Um, I'd like to have I, I I'd do. like to have Rudy here for this season. Yeah, I, I I think Irv would be ready week one. I really liked him coming. He was one of my favorite uh, second round draft prospects, so I was really excited when we got him because because I thought he was like a day one ready, really polished guy. But I mean, yeah, the Vikings with Kyle Rudolph are unquestionably better than the Ky- Vikings without Kyle Rudolph. That that's would be silly. It would be a matter if you trade him, it's because you're getting like a second round pick back or something really big and valuable that makes it work. right. Mm-hmm. No, well, yeah. and the whole idea of Rudolph and Irv Smith in a twelve formation just gets me all giddy. Well, that, that's it, another thing. You take him out of there. What happens with all that? All that scheming and all that, given the defense, defensive coordinator's headaches with Rudy and Irv Smith, you can't take Rudy out and stick David Morgan in. Nobody's scared of David Morgan. He's not going to do anything. <laughs> I, I have I have two words for you, Drew Bunting. What's that? Tyler Gronklin. <laughs> 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 no, I, yeah. I, I. No, you're you guys. You guys are right. I, I think um, Tyler the Vikings Gronklin. offense. W- <laughs> With Ty, with Kyle Rudolph is like <laughs> <laughs> here he goes with a buzz. The uh, the Vikings offense with Rudolph is a lot better than they are without. And I, I we talked about this a couple episodes back. Um, Rudolph and and Smith together on the field with Diggs and Thielen. How however you want to do it, either way, you're looking at a lot of mismatches and adva- that that are to the advantage of the Vikings offense. So uh, it, it's. It's going to be fun to see this offense implemented, and now if they can just execute it and score points and win games, I think every that's the big question that everybody's waiting for now. Yeah, I don't think you can put a linebacker on any one of those guys. Like you can't put a linebacker on Diggs and Thielen. Obviously, you can't put a linebacker on Rudolph or Smith. I wouldn't even be comfortable putting a linebacker on Dalvin Cook. No, no, not even to cover. No, you have to do zone and then. If you know they're going to do zone a lot because of your personnel, that's a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> having a tight end that can stretch a field or a seam or get it opens up your playbook so much. I mean, you get so much more you can do. I mean, there's the Vikings have a lot of weapons offensively, so there's no there's not really any excuses. I don't want to hear any excuses this year. As long as they all stay healthy, you betcha. Yeah, well, well, everybody fights against the injury bug, but you know, by week ten, nobody's fully healthy. Every team's got injuries, so um, yeah. Well, I hope, hope so. Rudy's gonna. You guys think he's gonna be here as a Viking, then, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think he starts camp here. Somebody, I mean, Travis Kelsey blows out his ACL, and the Chiefs offer you know I, I offer the Vikings something they can't refuse. Maybe that happens, but otherwise, I think he's here. Yeah, I, I think so too. I I was not optimistic until.
And when the news broke, I think was it what late last week that the contract negotiations broken off between the Vikings and Rudolph, like negotiations that we didn't even really know were going on. Um, it just sort of seemed to be somebody planting the seed that that uh, Rudolph's time in Minnesota was was coming to an end. But I, it looks like they figured something out, and I'm glad they have. So, well, they still need a little bit more money. The six hundred thousand isn't enough to sign the practice squad and then the 52nd and 53rd player once we get at the end of camp and get down to that final 53. Luke, how do you think they're going to scrounge up that extra two, two and a half million? Yeah, so there's a bunch of ways they can do this. They don't have to deal with this until it's like roster cut day, right? Right, August. They can wait and see if someone goes on IR and it just fixes the problem for you. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be unfortunate and stuff, but they can wait and make sure that they don't do <clears throat> more costly cap work before they know that a hundred percent that they have to. And then they, there's a whole bunch of options. So you can do the same thing you just did with Eric Kendricks. You could do that with Diggs, and you can do that with Hunter. And it's similarly not really going to affect you at all. Presu- presuming you plan to have Diggs on your team for the length of this contract, which like probably right. Uh, you can try to find a way to trade a, a player, a small-time player, do something like what the Giants did with Brett Jones to us last year, trade somebody away that way. Um, if there's a player at a maybe particularly crowded position that you think you're going to cut and you want to maybe see if you can't flip them for a conditional seventh-round pick but just get rid of the cap space, kind of like what the 49ers did with Nick Easton back in the day, that's a move you could do. And you could, if you wanted to structure your roster cuts around trying to save money and cutting the more expensive players to save that, that's maybe an option too, though that would be pretty difficult and probably not what you want to do after everybody just played a whole preseason trying to make the team. There's one last one that I heard today that about shocked me, but that actually makes sense. You could extend Trey Waynes and then lower his this year's cap Payment. Yeah. Payment on him. If they want to keep Trey Waynes. Yeah, if you want to keep him around. I would. I think he's a good CB2. He's a good CB2. Now, the question is how much money would he accept? So. And you're starting to get tightened next year's cap, too, so you have to figure that out as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Brzezinski's ready to quit yet. <laughs> that dude deserves a GM job. I don't want to lose uh, him, but he deserves pitch, it. Picture him sitting in his desk like, <laughs> just going holy shit these guys got me backed into a corner don't they well it makes you wonder if he keeps a bottle of whiskey in his desk drawer <laughs> and if it yeah, has now. anything left he well, pulled it off though everybody's, he pulled it off. everybody's ready for camp everybody's ready and we have camp what starting next coming up Friday right? yeah OTAs and then true camp starts in like, like August five. Yeah, in the July. Hey, Luke, out of these 12 draft picks, who do you, I mean, we all love Brad, Bradbury, but who do you really, who do you think might come shining through that somebody we might, you know, not be popular with other people? Oh, who might not, because like I said, Irv Smith, I, when I did the draft breakdown on my show, I, I called Irv Smith like the one draft pick I've been most excited about in the last like three or four years. I think of the late guys, I, I love drafting guys like Oli Udo, even though like there's a chance he doesn't pan out and he doesn't ever develop the way you want him to and he never makes the team and that's it. But I love taking that high ceiling lottery ticket because it's a six round pick. Who cares? Right. Um, I, I like Armin Watts's chances to really make an impact. 
Um, I think people are pretty excited about Drew Samia, and I'm one of them. So I don't know if he kind of fits that like underrated aspect or whatever. He's going to uh, be a road yeah, grader. He's Watts. tremendous. Armin like Watts, okay. Big senior year, and people really the the biggest knock about him is, ooh, is he a flash in the pan or not? And I, don't know, I like his chances to not be a flash in the pan. Do you think the linebacker Cameron Smith from USC can eventually work himself into be a starter? To be a starter, no. I don't think he's athletic enough. Uh, to be a starter, especially because he's going to play out his whole rookie contract with Barr and Kendricks under contract as well. So it's mostly a special team standout, or yeah, and a backup. Guys get hurt. Yeah, he's got. To, I did a lot of watched a lot of tape on that guy. That guy's got a nose for the football, but yeah, <clears throat> he I does think have he directly competes with Kendrell Brothers for a roster spot. Okay, cool. Well, speaking of roster spot, what do you think of the WR three spot? It's chaos, man. I think here's what I think about it. I, I've been calling Laquan Treadwell a wounded caribou. I think he holds <laughs> that spot right now, and there are five coyotes circling him, and it's just a matter of which one of them is going to take it from him. That is great. Because I don't think, I mean, he lost his job by the end of the 2018 season to Aldrick Robinson, who's now not on the team, and it's who can play as well or better than Aldrick Robinson. I think where did, where did he go? Where, where did he go? He's, he's still a free agent. Free. Yeah, he's oh. still a free agent, I think. I'll tell you who's going to be our WR three. Yeah, and and you may laugh, but I think I think by about week three or four, Irv Smith is going to be playing a lot of. I mean, he's a tight end, really? and he's going to, yeah. they're going to be playing a lot of two tight end sets. But I think they're going to play him in the slot a lot. I think he's good enough to play outside, not a lot, but I think he can he can line up outside uh, once in a while. But I I just kind of have the feeling. The more I watch of Irv Smith Jr., the more I think. Oh. Jeez, man. They I go back. His his dad said, you know, son, you can either be a, a fast tight end or a slow wide receiver. And I I, I just he, – he just kind of gives me that WR3 vibe. He really does. You know who he, he kind of reminds me of? On Treadwell in his 40. He kind of reminds me of old – foot. when I saw his footage, the first guy that popped into my head was Ozzie Newsome. Um, some of that old footage that he had when he played on the Browns. He kind of reminded me of him. What, what Luke, what did you say about his, his 40? Uh, two hundred shy of Laquan Treadwell. Really? He was a four six three. <laughs> Treadwell was a four six one. Dude. Yeah, but it, it still doesn't. <laughs> but it speed isn't everything as a wide receiver. If you know how to run yeah. routes, if you know how to block out and have range and be able to grab an actual football right and catch it, that's a big part. I.e., look at Treadwell. Look at Troy Williamson. Mm-hmm. You have an advantage. Yeah, he can he can win contested catches. He can run routes good enough. I, I think he he'll look like a rookie route running, and he's got room to grow. But he's I wouldn't call him raw. I think that's a different way to describe it. Um, and he's got straight line speed where you can put him in the slot, run him up the seam, and and it makes a defense have to care about it. And I, I for all the offensive coordinators that have run through Minnesota in the last four or five years, I think all of them have put Kyle Rudolph in the slot and outside. So I can't imagine. I feel like that's just a thing that NFL OCs do all the time. So, yeah, I agree. I think you can see Irv Smith lining up in the slot. I like Chad Beebe for it, though. I, I think the way he runs routes is really, really polished. He he picks up some things from Diggs and Thielen. You can tell they've taught him some tricks. <laughs> and and I, I actually really like his chances to take on a bigger role in 2019. So you, so you have him kind of going – Going into Egan, I, I keep wanting to say Mankato. You have uh, that's because you're got, old. You got him as you got him as your as your inside track guy to be WR three. 
Yeah, I'd give him the favorite, but kind of like the NBA lottery, you know, 14% is bigger than anybody else, but it's still 14%. There's six guys there. It could be anybody. Yeah. Could be Dylan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, he was not supposed to go in the seventh. He had some uh, – he's pretty good in the open field. <clears throat> we need somebody to step up. I'm sick of talking about the wide receiver three spot for the last three seasons, honestly. Well, yeah. it's – Somebody, somebody's bound to. There, Kubiak is bound to make this offense work. You they don't have a about choice. Filippo. Why? Why? What? Why? Why? Why is why is why is the Denver Mafia going to be different than Filippo? The because only guy that's made 2019. This it's an odd year. The Vikings <laughs> do well in <laughs> odd years. Oh, I can't, well, can't, can't argue that. Rub your lucky rabbit's foot. Don't walk <laughs> under a ladder and let's go, baby. <laughs> homeboy. Oh, we also but, get no. we also get Ohio State at home this year. So, oh God. Uh, well, it just means a home loss. No, they won't lose this year. You're not even a basketball school anymore. No, they <laughs> lost him too. <laughs> hey, Luke, who do you pull for in college football? Who's your team? Uh, I chose my team. La- I, I don't really watch that much college football, but last year I, I resolved to watch the whole season and follow. All right, you're team. out. You're out. Go Sooners. <laughs> oh, Sooners? Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I went with Oklahoma. Okay, like nothing out on the left coast? Hey, no, as long no, as he's no, in no, Ohio no. State, he's fine. Both USC and UCLA rejected me for college out here, so I have to hate them forever. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, they got yeah. good parties. Yeah, you absolutely do. They got yeah, some no, good they, parties they at that school. Never once. Josh Rosen is a hack. Well, you know what? We, <laughs> we, don't, we don't. We don't. Matt and Matt we don't root for him either, Luke. So they suck. So they suck. So we don't root for him either. We're Big Ten. We go Big Ten all the way. Fair enough. Hey, well, hey, Luke? Ted. Hey, Ted. Wait, Ted. Yeah. Uh, Spielman drafted Big Twelve this year. Fourth round. Yeah, he sure did. That's that's I don't think that's ever happened, has it? Well, he drafted. Uh, yeah, who? Who's? Oh, he he draft he drafted Big Phil. Back. In oh, the day. that's right. That's correct. Early, yeah. but I, I mean, other than other than Lodeholt, because Khalil was USC. Yeah, I would I would think uh, Samia is the highest Big Twelve O lineman Spielman's drafted since Phil Lodeholt. That Samia is going to – Samia smash the shit out of people this year. I like that guy. Think he's going to start? Yes, he's going to get the job over Klein. He's going to win it at preseason. Luke? Oh, that'd be nasty. Luke, you think I, he's going to get the start? I don't think he's job? ready to play right away. I think he starts in 2020. Luke, Luke, give us the O-line from left guard all the way across. Go ahead. Hit left it. Tackle. This Le- year, left tackle. Left tackle. Let's hear it. I think it's Riley Reef, Elfline, Bradbury, Klein on a short leash. Brian O'Neill. Okay. Yep, that's All what right. I got. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. He copied my paper. <laughs> that's why he got kicked out of UCLA. Because he fucking copies paper. <laughs> well, Luke, what did you turn all that math knowledge into for your day job? I know during the day we see you on Twitter all the time talking Vikings, but I do know you do something else for a living. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I work as an editor in L.A. Which really? Which a lot of render time, so a lot of time to screw around on Twitter. Editor? Editing in the L.A. Times? Uh, no, I edit for a YouTube channel. Um, we make, gosh, we make six or seven videos a day. 
I work, I'm part of a stable of like a dozen editors and we all pump stuff out all day. Dude, that's awesome. As much as you're on Twitter, I had you pegged for a federal government employee. Like, <laughs> a lot of render time. My computer's locked up, so I screw around online. <laughs> I nice. Nice. I can. I know that. Well, good to have well, you at Viking Nation, though. You got a lot of good info. Info I don't keep track of. Thank well, you. and you should listen to Locked on Vikings every day because Luke has provided not only, you know, you've done a ton of research there, Drew. Luke has too, but also has some of the cool backstories on these draftees. I like, I like backstories. They did. I like. What's your favorite one, Luke? Oh, boy. I just started it. Uh, my favorite one might be the one that's coming out uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. I don't know uh, when people are listening to this, but the one that's coming out on Wednesday has Kentrell Brothers in it. And his story, he, he is a special dude. That that is he's the kind of guy that you want in your life. Um, really, I, I like his story a lot. Uh, gosh, I I really like them all. I've been doing that series. I, I wrote for Purple PTSD and Vikings Territory since uh, twenty sixteen, and I've been doing that series the whole time. So I've I've done this as kind of my camp preview, where I go back and I find the backstory and where all these players are from and kind of who they are as people and what they're what they're fighting for. You know, I mean. Stephon Diggs doesn't have a lot to gain in the preseason. He's just got to kind of get the scheme down and stay healthy. But look at, you know, Dylan Mitchell or Alexander Hollins. They have everything on the line. Everything that they've been working for throughout high school and college is is on the line. The fourth preseason game for those players, that's their Super Bowl. Sure. Because their careers are on the line. And I think it's so compelling to go through and, that is and awesome. tell all of those stories. They're worth telling. So I've been doing on the show. Uh, we do four episodes a day, and for as many segments as I can spare, not talking about news, sometimes I have to spend a little time talking about news. Otherwise, I'm taking each and every player, and I'm spending seven or eight minutes on their backstory and where they came from and, and moments that define them. Um, and, and I just started that. I think I'm, I'm only on my seventh show of that, so we've still got uh, plenty of, of a way to go. But We've gone through guys like Pat Elfline and, and his wrestling background, and there's this fun story about him getting his butt whooped in seventh grade and how he'll never forget it. And you know, probably by a Wolverine fan. Islands. Um, sorry, what? Probably by a Wolverine fan. Highly doubt it. There are a bunch of eggheads that don't, don't that have a terrible sports school. <laughs> I, forget, I forget if he was even in that area in high school. But, you know, going through all of those stories, no player is too small. Tomorrow, Stacey Keeley gets eight minutes. Uh, and his story is actually really weird and interesting, too. He's got a twin brother. They went to school together. Then they left. It was crazy. Uh, but it's, it's, I think their story is worth telling. And if that's the kind of thing that interests you, you should come check it out. That is all very interesting to me. When I, when I try to do background stuff myself, I mean, I go through the – I do the football background stuff. And then I try to do – try to find something out like a cool thing they did in high school or something in another sport or something. So I, I am really fully interested in that sort of thing. Well, where would they find you, Luke? So you can find Locked on Vikings anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can find it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. If you have a smart device like Siri or Alexa, you can just ask it to play podcast Locked on Vikings. If you say like, hey, Alexa, play podcast Locked on Vikings, it takes you right to the most recent episode. And you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. And this show is on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. Cool. That's cool. And I can validate that Siri will play. 
the latest episode of Locked on Vikings, if you ask her. I'm stunned you even know how to use Siri, you old man. <laughs> Good Lord, I can barely spell Siri. Char- I can't picture Charlie Daniels using no Siri, dude. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Really? Oh, yeah. All right. Siri, dude. can you? Siri, I can't bend down at the waist. Can you tie my shoes for me? Okay, let's hear Tie My Shoes, featuring Young Thug by Future. You can't do that yet. That is a load of crap, man. Siri, how long do I cook this 150-pound steak? I can't get the answer to that on HomePod. <laughs> Fred Flintstone, man. Uh, well, Luke, I'm going to listen to that. Lockdown Vikings, I'm on it. Good. Love it. Come check it out. Luke, it was great to have you on this episode. Is there anything you'd like to tell everybody at Climbing the Pocket and Daily Norseman oh, at, man. before you leave? Listen to the pocket protectors. Nicholson's doing a great job. <laughs> he is. He is. With Eric and Jason and Nick. They're a great trio. Agreed. We are. Agreed. My Siri just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I've got her on my home pod. See, you have no idea what you're doing. Just no, you have no, no idea what you're doing. Not at all. <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> Hey, Siri! Uh-huh. Anyways, Drew, what have you got to say? Uh, meow, meow, Viking cow. I wanted to ask Luke more about Kirk Cousins, but we'll have him on for another show about that. I got some questions for him. Okay. okay. Oh, boy. Ted, what do you got? Uh, don't, ask uh, Luke any questions about, <laughs> don't ask Luke any questions about Kirk Cousins because nobody has the answer. Nobody. Nobody. Just, just don't ask him about 4,000-yard <laughs> seasons. <laughs> Um, yeah, hey Luke, thanks for coming on. It was it was great having you. Dropped a ton of knowledge. Uh, you dropped more knowledge in twenty minutes than we could probably drop in about two hours. Um, yeah, so. yeah, he, yeah. He's yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> See, you my the defense rest. I appreciate I appreciate Luke's time. I have him on here every week, man. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on and Skull Vikes. Let's uh, let's have fun at OTAs and get ready for training camp. Hey, when, no when does all when does all that start? When's camp start? Yeah, training camp itself is a week or so, and and camp in late July. But I don't think the official yeah. dates have been announced yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, with that, school everybody. Have a great week. All right.